Welcome to Standout, where entrepreneurs share what they've done to become media darlings. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. On this show, we talk about the power of publicity and how you can use it to grow your business. This is episode number 43. We're going to be talking more and more about video in future episodes. Together with PR, video can create valuable connections with your audience. If you've been thinking about using video in your business, I've put together some resources for you that will help you get started. You can get my articles, videos, and downloadable video checklist at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash video tips. Consistent PR, which means a steady stream of free publicity, is so very valuable. Just ask my next guest, Dmitry Dragolev, who used PR to grow a startup from zero to 40 million views per month. That company, Polar, was acquired by Google. Listen carefully. Dmitry outlines what he did to create relationships with journalists, how he used that publicity to get more, and why he believes this skill is so important it cannot be ignored. Dmitry Dragolev, thanks so much for joining us for Standout. I am so excited to be able to talk with you today. Thanks, Cheryl. Good to be here. You are the founder of Just Reach Out, and you're going to explain what that is, as well as the course PR That Converts. And I know you are really big on public relations and getting media mentions. It's really helped you uh, get a name for yourself. So I want to talk about uh, what you've done in PR to help grow your personal businesses first. And then we're going to talk about Just Reach Out and PR That Converts. Yeah, sure. Um, I started out, I was not a PR guy at all. I was a software engineer, um, introvert, um, basically had a computer science degree and I worked at a department of defense contractor, um, BAE systems Mm -hmm. and was reading a web to magazine at the time it was 2005 and looked around. I was thinking, I do not want to be like one of these older guys who's been here for 20 years and quit my job, got into a Honda civic, sold everything I had and drove cross country to Silicon Valley live in the Econo Lodge in Salinas, California, and try and find a gig at a startup to figure out how to do business, marketing, and learn anything I can do about starting a startup, like doing a startup. I didn't know anything about it. I knew how to write code. And I wrote this little script that would kind of troll um, Facebook and Twitter and find journalists, and it would identify them with a keyword. And so... I was looking around for a cool gig, and I got a gig at a startup called Crossloop, where the founder was number 20 at LinkedIn. He left and started a, um, a startup, and his big thing was PR, Like, and he did PR on his own. He would reach out to Walt Mossberg, who's kind of like the mecca of tech reporting, and strike up a conversation. <laughs> and so he started showing me how he did that, and all the research he would do around journalists and figuring out how he can become an assistant to these journalists and influencers. And I was really blown away by his approach. He was kind of not using PR agencies, not doing the traditional thing, but really just figuring out a good way to start a conversation with journalists and influencers. And so I learned from him. And in the next two years, the company grew. And um, then I went on to work on other ventures, but that company got acquired 
And I worked for a number of other companies. And one of them was this company called Polar, where I, be I was the only PR marketing guy. And we ended up um, growing from zero to 40 million page views through PR outreach. And um, it was mainly, it was a polling app. And it was, the idea was that people would use the polling app to create nice looking polls with images. Mm -hmm. And um, what I did is I created polls on very hot topics, such as iOS 7 versus iOS 6, or Xbox versus PS4. And so those were really hot topics. So a lot of people were reporting on them at the time. And I would pitch journalists data from our polls, and they would actually embed these polls inside their articles. Uh, we pretty much were used by mo one in every 400 internet users used us um, or voted on our polls at some point. And we ended up working with all major publications, all the Hearst publications like NPR, Washington Post. And um, that's how I got to know a lot more people in the space because I dealt day to day with them, like TechCrunch and Next Web. But beyond that, just New York Times, Washington Post, all the major news publications. And so um, that was like my start to, to doing PR and um, helping companies with PR in a non-traditional way. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of brought me to building like a product for startups to do it on their own. You have said so much good stuff. First of all, go software engineers, right? <laughs> We're not putting you in a box. You really um, moved into another level when you really think about the relationships that you've been able to create. When, when you think about relationships with journalists, though, um, before you learned about the power of helping the journalists with their stories... Um, what was that like? So as you were in that learning phase from your mentor in that first company, um, what was your relationship with journalists back then? It was probably well, not. Well, I was really, yeah, I didn't have any good relationships. And I, my first, I was basically like one of my users now. My customers, they're startups and they're trying to pitch press and they have a product and they're pretty much launching now or about to launch. And they want to talk all about them themselves and what their product does and why it's the best thing since sliced bread. And most of the time, it just doesn't really fit into a journalist beat or whatever they're covering, or it doesn't really help the journalist personally in any way. You know, the journalist already has tons of stuff they need to write about or report about. They already decided things on their own. And there's really more, more influx than they can really handle. And so... I was in that same boot camp as most of my users now. It's like, oh, I got this cool, shiny thing. This is great. And then my job is to email as many people as possible. And it's just a numbers game. I'm going to email as many people as possible. I'm going to follow up as many times as I can. And if I can do that at scale, I'll get press. And that was my approach and relationship. And so my other thing that I thought you would you're supposed to do is you hire a PR agency and you really want to hire one that you know has the best connections and so you really have to pay a lot of money and so you really got to find you know like good investors to invest into you and build this product but then you got to hire somebody who has these connections which both these things are just completely not true like completely false and I learned you know the hard way just we, we spent a lot of money on PR firms a lot and we got press, but you know, like it wasn't sustainable. And 
it just my approach to qua- quantity over quality really suffered. So well, I, I mean, you, you're saying yeah. such important things because I used to work in a TV station and I would get probably a lot of those pitches. I probably got some of your pitches. And since mm-hmm. I don't follow technology, we don't, I didn't cover technology as a yeah. local news reporter. It just, I deleted them. It just went yeah. into that circular file. It the, uh, feels electronic. like one of those people that's on the sidewalk trying to sell you something or get you involved as you're walking by them. It feels like that. Emails feel. I always sell it. I tell our customers, like, would you start a conversation with somebody if you met them live at a conference this way? Would you start in the exact same way as you wrote this email pitch? You know, like essentially that's what you're doing. You mm-hmm. just doing it in an email format, but you know, would you say this out loud? And I actually do this. I read my emails out loud and really I have to feel comfortable saying this to a person. So it really has to come from a point of common ground between you and somebody you don't know. Like what do you have in common and how can you start a conversation that just is genuine and will produce some type of back and forth between you. And so pitching what you do up front with all this information is just like, people just don't do that in real life so you don't need to be walking advertisement in the the email (laughs) so two questions here you've been able to get for your clients um, your students press in some of the biggest names so like the biggest names in tech news and just in general uh, nationwide news international news publications and the the one question I get from people in my community is how long does it take? So what do you what do you say when somebody says that to you? Uh, Dimitri, how long does it take? <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, it's funny. We we just got a uh, a student of mine. Uh, he just joined Martin. He has he has a company and it's uh, like to find focus software. So mm-hmm. um, the software on your computer that keeps you away from distractions such as Facebook. So he's a one person team. He built the software and he wants to market it. And so much like many people out there, he turns to PR and he thinks he's going to email a lot of people out there about the software. Well, you know, the first thing that we talked about uh, is that he might want to get feedback from a smaller subset of people and, and see how, they like the software besides before going to big press to get tons of coverage and he might want to try smaller tactics instead of emailing you know business insider or TechCrunch. he might answer a quora question and get some exposure on quora or reddit or he might go and become a source for an article. So he might get, you know, use our software to find a journalist who is writing about staying focused or productivity and just offer himself as, a, as, a, and as an expert in the field. And so he started experimenting that way and he answered a question on Quora that got him 850,000 views on wow. his answer. <laughs> yeah. And he, from that, he gained maybe 100 new potential customers. And, and so he is doing more of that. That really worked for him. And then he's going to work up to a point where he will maybe in two weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks, once those people have assessed his product, he, he thinks that people understand it and like it, then he might work up to a higher level where he might do a guest article somewhere. Most of the process that I teach people is to 
offer guest articles for popular blogs in their niches. So don't go after the huge, big business media and try and get a huge response. Start slow like this, Quora or Reddit, then do some guest blogs. You know, like there's a productivity blog out there. I tell people use all top to find the best blogs in their specific field. Alltop.com is a great site to do that. So they might do some guest writing and get some exposure that way on smaller blogs. And then eventually, if, if you're ready to fully launch and you've proven that the existing 300 customers really like your service, then you can go hunt the big media. And there you're, you're doing you know, your big stories of launching. But I really don't, I try and get people to think about sustainable PR. So in other words, you launch something, that's just one story. You have a big spike and then it goes right back down. Or you get funding, it's one big spike, get down. And it's not very interesting to really prep or spend too much time on those types of stories. Sure, you might get a boost on it. But what you got to think is what, what can I do sustainably to keep getting traffic from content such as what we did at Polar before we got acquired by Google, we basically created these polls and we would pitch them as studies to, to news uh, all over the world over and over and over again. News always is, there's always news out there so that we have no shortage of content to create polls for. And so we could use the strategy sustainably to go forward. And many of our students, we have close to 200 now, um, that's what we try and work on is not so much how long would it take me to get on TechCrunch? Because that's such a shallow goal to have in a, in a business, you know, as a strategy, for business strategy or PR strategy. You uh, Getting on TechCrunch is not going to make or break your company. You might get a little bit of spike in, in, in signups, but what you need to do is test out all these different tactics figure out what can you get what can you do sustainably that keeps growing your traffic we have one client one of our students um, that for example outranks wikipedia on the term sales management and that is really 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 big for them because they're a crm tool and as a crm tool um, it's really big to own that term on their site and they wrote a great piece of content and a lot of guest articles about this topic, so they're kind of an authority on sales management. But they're, that type of activity keeps giving back to them over and over and over again. Every day, hundreds of people read their blog posts and would build a relationship with their brand and might sign up for their newsletter and might buy their product because of this piece of content they wrote. And so writing content strategically like that is another PR tactic, I guess people would employ that go through the course. But these are the types of things I kind of push people to think about and practice and experiment with because they'll be more powerful than quick mentions, which is okay to do because these things take time and you get down on yourself a lot because by reaching out a lot and not getting any press, you might just think, oh, I, you know, it takes a while to build, you know, to outrank Wikipedia on sales management or to get the 40 million page views or figure out which experiment or tactic works for you. Like it might take two months, three months. And so um, it's good to answer a core question once in a while. That's why we have that feature in the software or, you know, maybe answer a hero request or, um, or, or help a reporter or something like that where 
they want an expert who's in entrepreneurship and struggling with their startup. You're an expert or in that, or you're, 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 you're a fit for that. So you answer it and they quote you in a Forbes article and that makes you feel good. But, you know, it's a group mention, but still like you can say you were in the Forbes article. So mm -hmm. you can do these little things, but I would focus on a more sustainable approach. I love that idea of sustainable PR because it is not a one and done. And really what, what I think people want is that magic bullet, like that answer or that one mention that will change their business. But really it takes a lot of work. And I think you, you really highlight that well in your course and what you offer. I want to switch gears just a little bit because I think you've, you've really given some great PR tips. So hopefully folks are taking notes but you can just rewind this or, you know, go to the beginning and listen again and take notes from there. But you created something to help people in your community make that connection with journalists. So you were actually, everything comes full circle. You're using your software engineer skills to create something and talk, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, um, I found that just people need help connecting with the right types of journalists and influencers. They don't, the best people can do is they can Google or they can buy expensive software like Cision yeah. um, or Meltwater or there's Muckrack out there that you can connect with uh, people on Twitter with. But there's nothing that really, really digs deep and figures out do these people actually match what this person's expertise are. And so when I started working on this problem, I found that there is a way to do it. You can have an algorithm read articles of a person and you can read their Twitter profiles and Facebook and get pretty good at identifying which keywords they mention a lot in their writing, on their blog, on their personal site, on their articles professionally, overall on their Twitter, and assign those keywords to that person. And so you create this kind of intelligent model of, you know, here's Cheryl and she likes these types of um, you know, things to write about. And so um, we started building the software from that. And then on the customer side, we can just have them put in the terms or we can scan their website and figure out what those terms might be. And so we started working with just having them inputting those terms for now, but we're working now on scanning their website automatically and figuring out what those terms should be for them. Because a lot of them, our customers, we have 4,000 of them that use us every day, and they put in all sorts of random key terms that are not even related to what they do or are too narrow. And so we try and right now we're trying to scan their site and identify those terms and present it to them and say which ones of these fit best, you know. Uh, but for now, they put those in, and what we do is we actually do a match. We just added tens of thousands of people to our database every time, uh, every day, pretty much. And so what we try and do is figure out what is the best match between the journalists and what customers need to con who customers should contact. And so our customers are professionals, um, authors, musicians, startups, entrepreneurs, and larger companies like Airbnb and Semantic and HubSpot. And they're trying to just contact journalists who, for example, write about marketing or specifically SEO or maybe, you know, pet products or gardening products or 
we have a hypnotist on our platform that does all sorts of crazy pitches about hypnotist stuff. I don't even, and so <laughs> I do most of the support, but like it varies so much. Like we have an insurance agent in Singapore that uses us and all sorts of people use us. But the idea is you find the journalist that you should pitch and you can actually reach out to them through the platform. And what the platform does is that um, we have a team of people who human verify the emails on the spot. So you'll never get bounce backs to the emails. But we also discourage you from just emailing a lot of people. So you can't email a large list of people. You can't do batch operations. And you really are forced to do a lot of research around the person because you have to, there's these templates that we show you and you have to kind of fill them out. And to fill them out, you have to do research around the person. And during the process of that research, you will realize that, hey, this might not be a good fit because, and so people get frustrated and I usually tell them, this is why I don't want you to do batch operations. I want you to focus on quality and the software is designed to push you in that direction. Um, but supplement to that, in the software, you can also um, answer core and Reddit discussions that are very relevant to what you do. And in there as well, you can also find HERA requests, uh, help a reporter, and also all the relevant like ProfNet and other queries where journalists submit a query saying, I need a marketing expert for my next article. Deadline is January 27th. And... Um, and then you can respond to that. So you can find those opportunities. Those are, I call those lower hanging fruit. So as a new customer, when you start out, you can go and answer those because you don't really have to do much work. You're just answering somebody's query, right? You don't think about, you don't have to think about whether my pitch is quality or not. You just literally, I'm a marketing guy. I guess I'll answer. So you just answer. And so that's how people would get started a lot of times. But <laughs> That's the software of it. And out of 4,000 people, we have 200 people that have subscribed to my course. The course is separate from it, but the course is more money. And it's like calls with me on Skype trying to figure out what your strategy should be and um, executing. And you execute it, and then we have more calls, that kind of thing. Because a lot of people need it. They need guidance because they're just loose cannons trying to email as many people as you can right like it's crazy out there the spray and pray yeah no absolutely and i'm glad that there are people like you who are helping to stop the trend of emails clogging journalists inbox <laughs> it's crazy we have to literally deploy scripts to prevent people from writing scripts to game our system it's nuts <laughs> what um what would you say is something you've learned that you you feel our audience needs to hear about related to growing a business? And I would I would probably venture to say that for you it's been relationships with journalists. But what would you say would be the biggest piece, piece of advice you'd have for someone who's trying to grow a company like you've had? Like yeah. You so I would say if you knew that you didn't you were not going to get any money at the end of this whole thing, like it was just going to you know, not produce any money ever and no fame, uh, would you still be doing what you're doing? So like, um, and I think that's a good test. I always use that to, to, to test whatever I'm working on, you know, whether it's like a side consulting gig or whether it's like a student I bring on or like whatever I'm working day to day, would I be doing this if I were not going to pay for it? Cause like, 
a lot of times it's not like I and the end we're like oh maybe we'll get acquired or maybe we'll we'll, we'll get like twenty thousand dollars or um, maybe I'll get famous or like maybe I'll get promoted here but you know like would you do it if there was no reward at the end like you knew there's no reward would you do it and I would that's advice that I was given by somebody. I used to run a podcast called Zerg Soapbox. Um, and so there's this guy, Philip Rosedale. He's the founder of Second Life, which is this oh, yeah. crazy. I remember that. Second Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was on my podcast. We actually did an interview and we broadcasted into the, the other world, the Second Life world. <laughs> and those people all gathered in there and watched. It's a crazy, crazy society. Like people get married in Second Life, they have kids in Second Life. It's nuts. Like you can have a real family and life out here, but then there's like this other reality where people live and they <laughs> they buy houses. Wow. They sell houses. Yeah. In there. They make money too. I mean, like it's like a it's Second funny. Life. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. But he he gave me this advice. I was like, wow, that's pretty pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good gut check. So I, I would. I would, yeah, I would probably tell people, but I mean, in terms of PR, it's always about if you would start a conversation with them, would you actually say it to them out loud? Like read your email out loud. Would you actually say this, um, this to somebody? Right. And if not, then don't send it, you know, right. like revise it and keep changing it until you give them value up front. That's usually how conversation starts. Either something really in common that you guys really want to talk about together, right. but but don't get like hung up about what you do and your service and trying to promote it. You know, go and interview a, a journalist or like ask them for a quote for an article you're writing. Do a roundup of like five people that uh, hear like, what do you think about, you know, like Trump being elected for the technology startups and like ask people's opinions about it and then promote this article mm -hmm. or answer a Quora question, which you don't think you know a lot about, and then go find an expert journalist or blogger and get them to answer the same question. Nice. There's something in common there. Um, do that kind of relationship building because it'll reward you at the end a lot mm -hmm. uh, more than if you just try and email as many people as you can and just say, Hey, here's my startup. This is what we do. Can you cover us? I know it's tempting to do that, but just don't like, it's yeah. not, it feels not genuine. And just because it's in the email form, it doesn't really mean much. Like you just really want to stick to, to the other type of PR. It's, it's more sustainable. You can repeat it more and more and get more value out of it. So what, what happens when they don't respond? What happens if it's just crickets? How, how do you handle follow-up? So I do follow-up. Um, I tend to do follow-up. If I really think I want a response from them, I have, uh, in the software, there's a way to do follow-ups. And so I, and I also do it on my own as well, but um, every two days I'll do it for four times and I'll, it'll literally be one line. And it'll usually be um, give me a one or a zero or something very simple. Um, what I typically do at first is I look at the subject line and see what the subject line is giving me. So all my emails are tracked to see if it's opens or not. And so if I'm sending out a lot of emails and they're not being opened, um, the subject line is crap. Like you need to make sure the subject line is the best one. So like forget about your actual email pitch, just test the subject line first to see if it's getting any opens. If it is getting opens, just monitor how many opens. So if it got open once and then closed, well, maybe that's not a good fit. Like no response opened once. 
if it's being opened more than once, then there's interest there. And then you got to work on your email pitch. So tracking the number of opens can really tell you what to do next. So no opens, fix your subject line. Opens, but just one, you can probably fix your, your pitch there because maybe the pitch isn't lining up. Um, opens like two times and three times, there's strong interest there. There's just maybe some follow-up that needs to happen or maybe something is unclear. So then you can follow up. But don't just do dumb follow-ups like, you know, anybody who I reach out to day two, day four, day five, day six, we start following up. Do it according to how many times they opened it so that you know what's happening, you know? Like if, if the follow-up, you know, follow-up is designed to get a response from them, you just need to know a little bit about the situation to see, like, are they opening this thing or not? Dimitri, I like that analytical take on that. That's really good. <laughs> really, really good. How can people reach out to you or learn about what you offer? Where do you want them to go? Yeah, uh, just go to justreachout.io. Uh, that is the name of the tool, justreachout.io. And there's all the contact information there. And there's links there to my personal blog and the course, uh, P- the course, you can go to pr.converts.com, um, pr.converts.com. You can look at the course, but just reach out is, um, the service. So you can yeah. see me there. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You've shared such really, really valuable information. I'm going to put all that, uh, the links that you've mentioned at the show notes at CherylTanMedia.com. Before we go, just one last question that I ask everybody who hops on the show, which is, what makes you a standout? What makes me a standout? <laughs> well, I, I guess, you know, I uh, approach PR from like a non-traditional way. So I try and um, counter all the press media communication, traditional, traditional approaches out there to try and figure out, um, hacky or different tactic that can get in front of the right journalists at the right time. And so I guess I stand out that way because most people that do PR are of the old mindset. I, it's very hard to meet somebody who's like-minded. It's very hard. Like I've I've tried. Not a lot of people out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy to know you and thank you for sharing what you've shared with my audience. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Want to catch the show notes for this and past episodes? All the standout shows are in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 43. If you want that downloadable checklist to help you create your first video for your business, go to CherylTanMedia.com forward slash video tips. Did you enjoy the show? Please share it with someone who may benefit from it. Really, the best way to get this show in front of more listeners is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.